Hey, pipe down. My red light's on. Recording. (laughs) He's talking about Halloween. Welcome to Book Talk Etc., a podcast bound to grow your TBR. I'm Tina. And I'm Renee. And this is a conversational podcast about books and more from two Midwest mood readers who are easily distracted by new releases. And today, we're sharing some of our picks for book club. And these are books that are guaranteed to generate conversation. If you enjoy listening, we'd love for you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. And if you have a quick minute, please consider leaving us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts and sharing us on social media. It truly helps us connect with other book lovers. Hey, Tina. Hi, Renee. How are you? Great. Very excited to get started. I was just putting my books in order. Well, obviously, Latest Read is going to go first, Mm -hmm. but I was thinking about my star rating spectrum. Oh, okay. okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. And the listeners as a, a little teaser, I go from, I have a two star all the way up to a five star. Okay. I have a five star latest read and then two books that are like an easy 4.5, maybe okay. more depending. So like I have all solid recommendations today, which is always exciting. Yeah. And I think I would give one of mine a 3.5, mm-hmm. but it's such a good conversation book. Right. So I, I can't decide if in my mind, I think that elevates it mm-hmm. for sure. But, you know, I will have to talk about that. Yeah. What what kept it from being higher. And you're right, though. I don't mind a book club book that's polarizing. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of enjoy that sometimes where it's like some people loved it. Some people were like, I hated it. And then it gives something to talk yes. about. Right. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is going to be interesting. I like the book club conversation. Oh, me too. All right. Well, let's jump into Loving Lately. All right. Well, I will start us off. I'm still in a summer loving lately mindset Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. after last week. This week, I want to bring my summer daily face moisturizer, which is Algenist Splash Absolute Hydration Replenishing Emulsion. (laughs) It's a very long title (laughs) for a very simple face moisturizer. I love this. I switch immediately when the weather starts to get warm. I switch to this because it's very lightweight, but I have dry skin. Mm -hmm. So it hits the sweet spot between lightweight, not greasy, but it's filled with vitamins and moisturizing agents. And I absolutely love it. Algenist is a vegan company. You don't see them around a lot, but I I really like their products. I've tried a lot of their products. I'll bring another one later on because I have a couple products from them that are my absolute favorites. And here's probably why. I did get a couple details. It's a water gel moisturizer. Mm -hmm. So that is probably why. It has red microalgae and watermelon for ultra hydration and supple plump skin. I mean, you're pretty supple. I got to say. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of feel it. I really like it. And, you know, it's one of those things that I just use and don't think much about. But then... If I don't have it and I run out, I notice a difference. Right. So there's that. That's the Algenist Splash Absolute Hydration Replenishing Emulsion. I do want to note their website does not have this in the pump 
And I love a pump bottle. So I do order mine through Amazon. Okay. I was going to ask because I was wondering, it sounds like you could get this at Trader, not Trader Joe's, Whole Foods. I was wondering if that was your spot. No, this is definitely Sephora carries Algenist. I don't know about Ulta. And then I order a lot straight from their website. They used to make this in the pump and they stopped. Okay. So I don't know why, but I I love the pump. I do too. Uh, I like a pump for my skincare. I don't want to be digging my fingers. I mean, I will. (laughs) I feel like you use less with a pump. Yeah, I agree. Because then it's like measures it for you. Right. What are you loving lately? Uh, My loving lately is the show that I have fallen in love with. It's called Secrets of the Zoo. And I watch it on Disney Plus, but it's a National Geographic show. When I tell you I'm obsessed with this show, I could sit and watch five episodes in a row. And I'm not like a big TV person. Mm -hmm. I love this show. You'll like this. It's set in Columbus, Ohio. What it is, it's about the Columbus Zoo, an aquarium, and its conservation park, the wilds. Between these different places, they've got more than 10,000 animals. And what I love is the show takes you inside the grounds, and you get to know the individual animals and the people that care for them. And they they really do a great job with storytelling. Like, it's not just like, okay, we follow around the zebra today. No, you get the zebra. Then we're over to the di- the dinos. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> then we're over to the alligators. And then this one's pregnant. And this one's got a weird thing on its face. And it's, like, constantly changing. So they amp up the drama. I'm not kidding. This show makes me cry sometimes, <laughs> oh, which I know I makes me sound nuts. But, boy, no. you can just tell. That these veterinarians and this staff, are, they care for these animals so, so much. I get to know a lot about veterinary medicine, feeding, live births, animal habitats, and then like animals themselves. There's all of these different species that I knew nothing about. It's honestly an incredible show. Watching this has been such a stress reliever for me. I It hit me at the very most perfect time, and I just love it and can really kind of lose myself in watching it. There's five seasons so far, so there's tons of episodes, and there's also one set in Tampa, which I will check out when I run out of Columbus, but I want to stay in Columbus for mm. now because I'm co- I'm coming to love the vets and all the other staff members and the animals. I was like, I got to see where this goes. Lily likes to watch too. Like she doesn't sit there and watch because it's not animated, you know, and she's little, but she'll sit there mm-hmm. and watch and be like cat or whatever. And she'll start to name Aww. some of the animals. So it's super fun. Highly recommend this show. It is The Secrets of the Zoo on Disney+. Plus. Oh, that's so interesting. And um, I live so close to the zoo in Columbus. So I haven't been there in years since my boys were little, but we used to go all the time. So yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, I mean, it's fascinating. I didn't know the Columbus Zoo was that yeah. special. I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. special. Well, you guys um, have elephants, which is rare. Like there's not a lot of elephants in captivity. The Wild Conservation Park has the elephants. Gosh, giraffes. Uh, they have gorillas. I mean, it's incredible. I'm I could not be more obsessed with this show. Like it's, it's like, oh, I love it so much. So anyway, I had to well, share a lot it. of your, a lot of people are going to like your loving lately yes. for sure. It's so sweet. Okay. I'm going to start off our latest reads with a book that's getting some buzz around Instagram and that's Hidden Pictures by Jason Rukulet. Oh, yes. All right. I, this is going to be a very short synopsis because I wanted to tell you only what I knew which wasn't as much as what's in the Goodreads blurb. This is about Mallory Quinn, and she is fresh out of rehab for opioid addiction and mixing it with some alcohol. Um, She gets a job as a nanny or 
I mean, really nanny, but she calls herself a babysitter in an affluent suburb of New Jersey. So Ted and Caroline Maxwell hire her to look after their five-year-old son, Teddy. And she gets to live in their pool house. She has the ability to use their pool. They have a, they, they're wealthy. They're kind of secluded. They live almost a, I guess you would say, yeah, secluded existence far from, you know, other houses or a city. Shortly after she takes the job, she starts to notice that Teddy um, is never without his sketchbook and pencil. He starts showing her some drawings like like a normal five-year-old would show, stick figures, animals, balloons, that sort of thing. And then one day he shows her a different drawing, and it looks to be a man in a forest dragging a woman's lifeless body. So that's really where I'm going to leave the synopsis. Buzz around Instagram was it was it was creepy and it was thrilling, suspenseful, and I was able to get the audio. I thought, well, I'll give it a try, even though I'm not going to be able to see the pictures. And I will say it was fine. The audio was fine as far as when Mallory was looking at the pictures, the way it was described, I totally could picture it. So I ended up for the first probably 30%. And I think I had messaged you. Sometimes we do message each other in a teasing way. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I, yeah. I have my latest, I, I'm listening to my latest read. I love it, blah, blah, blah. And that's what I said to you. I love it. And I think that same day I was able to, I stopped in at Barnes and Noble and was doing some browsing. And so I picked up the book to see what the drawings looked like. And they were exactly as described in the audio. That's great. Yeah. So it it really was. So, I mean, definitely if this sounds good to you, I think you'd be fine to grab the audio. The story was supposed to turn thrilling because at one point, Mallory decides that Teddy has to be drawing a murder that had had to have taken place in the past. And there has to be some sort of unsolved murder and possibly is there a supernatural force? She hears things outside of the pool house. She takes night runs. It is a an unsettling setting. However, I did not find this creepy at all. So maybe my expectations were off, but I didn't find the drawings creepy. I didn't find this to be thrilling. At one point, there was a point in the story, and, and I went against my, my intuition because at one point I thought, you know, I don't think this is working for me. And I think I'm going to, I think I am going to DNF or I should DNF. And I didn't. I, I, there was also another part of me that thought, well, what if, what if it picks up? What if I miss something? What if there is, you know, I, I need to know, I guess. And I did like Mallory. So I, I was rooting for her. I wanted to kind of see what was going on, but in the end, I found there was a point in this book that turned very problematic for me. So I will I want to preface this entire review and my thoughts by saying reading is subjective, books are subjective, that is why we talk about them, that's why everyone has their own opinion. There was a very problematic aspect of this book for me as soon as I I got to that part, I immediately thought no. I don't understand what the point of this was. I don't like it. 
I think it was, I don't know what other word to use other than problematic. Uh, I don't think it was necessary. I think it was a, in really poor taste by the author. And that's where I'm going to leave it. I wish I would have DNF'd and I didn't. So I'm able to talk about it, but this book did not work for me. I will say if you do decide to pick it up, even though I did say that about the audio, maybe try it in print. And, and who knows? I don't know that the audio would have or that the audio made that big of a difference. But yeah, I think I'm going to leave it there. And sometimes I have to, sometimes we read books that don't work for us mm -hmm. and we have to figure out a way to talk about them. And so I hope I did. And that was Hidden Pictures by Jason Rakulek. Yeah, I think you did a great job. Sometimes it's just like that. You know, we we have a book, we get tempted by it. And I think, too, for me, when I see a lot of people talking about it, that they liked it, I am less able to trust my intuition and say, this isn't for me, this isn't working. I might be more inclined to give it a wider berth and say, all right, mm -hmm. so many people liked it. And yeah, I understand, you know, books being, can work for different people, but something you you said it so well like in poor taste by the author I was like yeah that's not something like there's so many books out there I'm like I wasn't tempted prior <laughs> I don't think I'm mm -hmm. any more tempted and I'm glad you brought it yeah well I I've struggled with how to talk yeah. about this mm -hmm. um because any specific way that I say exactly what didn't work for me would be a spoiler right right so, so you have that, to that's keep why it. I, so I'm sorry if uh, if anyone feels that, oh, that's vague. I don't know what you're talking about, but it's because it would be spoiler. Right. And I, you know, I have to leave it there. But anyway, what's your latest read? My latest read is a five-star read, so we can go up from Ooh, there. Good. It is a nonfiction book called How to Keep House While Drowning, A Gentle Approach to Cleaning an Organization by Casey Davis. I picked this one up on audio based solely on the title because I aspire to have this perfectly organized and clean home. But with a busy husband, my busy schedule, we have an almost two-year-old, it feels very unrealistic to have that kind of staged, perfect house that I want. <laughs> so the while drowning part really spoke to me, because sometimes that's what I feel like. Like, I get some stress in my life when things are cluttered or in like my house mm -hmm. doesn't feel organized that like stresses me out. So I really liked that while drowning part. And it's also spoken to a lot of other people. It's got a five-star review on Amazon with 4,200 reviews. And you don't always see that on Amazon oh, to have lot. all five right. stars. And I would say it's also worth mentioning. I, I did not discover her. She has a TikTok following of 1.4 million. <laughs> so people oh. definitely know about Casey Davis. I just hadn't heard from her before. Her TikTok handle is Domestic Blisters. And what I loved about this book is that she very clearly comes from a place of kindness. She is a therapist, and you can tell she's just a caring person and genuinely wants to help people. And she gives tips on how to approach cleaning and organizing in a way that frees you from feeling ashamed and overwhelmed by your messiness. And I listened to it. Her voice is so calming. What I loved is she talks a lot about how cleaning can be different for people who are dealing with anxiety, fatigue, depression, physical ailments, ADHD, lack of support. There's all of these other components that come into play. It's not just you're lazy. It's not that you don't want to keep a clean space. There's something 
that you have to overcome and you have to change your way of thinking to be able to make this happen. And she also writes this book with accessibility in mind. So there are short chapters. It says if you are reading the condensed version, skip to chapter eight. It, I just love how she put this together. It's super thoughtful. But it's also one of those books It's nonfiction, yes, but she shares her own story very much in this book and talks about how the birth of her second child triggered what's called a stress mess cycle. So the more behind she felt, the less motivated she was to start. And she discloses that she didn't fold a single piece of laundry for seven months while she first had her second baby. And I was like, oh my Mm -hmm. God, like we have a sock bin. I'm looking right at it. I don't make socks. You know, what do you call them? Pair socks? We don't do that oh, here because yeah. <laughs> it's just not something I can make happen. I was like, I, I felt seen in that in that way. And she talks about how your home should be functional for you. And if that means putting a laundry bin in every single room of the house, fabulous. You don't work for your home. Your home works for you. And being messy is not a moral failing. So she built her whole cleaning approach from this foundation of self-compassion. And basically, the secret is to simplify your to-do list and find creative workarounds that accommodate your limited attention span, time, and energy. And so she talks about how she lived most of her life with undiagnosed ADHD. And a lot of the anecdotes she shared, I'm like, oh, that's me. Like, I see that. That's what I do. And I love that she gives the science behind why it's so hard for some people to keep a clean and organized space. And again, she talks about how it's not laziness, it's executive dysfunction. You have trouble Mm -hmm. initiating tasks. And boy, I have to say, I listened to this with my iPad right next to me because I was taking notes. Lots of all caps realizations, lots of highlighting. Um, And I'm definitely going to get a print copy because I need to reread certain sections because it's not just commiserating. There's actual concrete tips that you can use to try and help make your space better. I was listening to this on Friday and cleaning while I was doing it. My room is still, I changed a little bit of how things are set up. And like my room has been clean for a week, which I'm almost embarrassed to like talk about because like who can't keep their room clean? But you know, we've got a busy life. So anyway, I will say Mm -hmm. when people ask you, what's a book that changed your life? I don't often come up with an answer. This is definitely one. And and I'm so happy that I found it. And thanks to the author for writing this book because I felt very seen. It's called How to Keep House While Drowning, A Gentle Approach to Cleaning and Organizing by K.C. Davis. Oh, I love that you found that. And I haven't heard anything about that book. Yeah. And it's not new. I think it was short shorter previously. And then she got a lot of TikTok kind of fame or followers interest from her TikTok account during the pandemic. And I think they rebranded it and made it extended, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Because it is new. The version I listened to just came out last month, but it, I think it came out previously in a, in a different format. So the one they sell okay. now is is the expanded version. Oh, great. All right. Well, let's talk book club. So talking about book club, we why did we pick this topic? What made us choose it? I think we picked it because we haven't talked about it in our list of topics. Mm-hmm. And I think, but I think as we bring all these topics and we do read a lot of books mm-hmm. that would be great fits for book club. I think what we had hit on between the two of us was a lot of times we say, if you have a book club, this would be a great pick. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, why don't we just do a book club. Like, mm-hmm. let's do a book club. Put them and together. then we, re- and then I don't know about you, but then I realized, wow, we have talked about a lot of books that 
would fit for book club. So it was kind of a challenge to go out and find and really dig mm-hmm. into ones that I thought would be so good for book club and what I look for in a book club book. It's tricky too, because book club books are one of those things, you know it when you see it, but then in order to recommend it, you have to read it. So like, I'm not very good at picking out book club books that I haven't yet read. I have a in real life book club and they're always like, have you read this one yet? Like, why are you suggesting it? I'm like, because I loved it. (laughs) and I know it would make a good (laughs) conversation piece. So Mm -hmm. I was trying to think about the things that I look for when I select a book for book club or make a recommendation for other people's book clubs. And my personal taste includes issues books. I really like a book that will kind of, you know, tackle an issue, make you really, really think deeply about it. I like books that broaden your perspective and like written from a author with a completely different background than the book club you're in. And I also try and keep in mind that not everybody in the book club is likely reading 100 books a year like us. So Mm -hmm. they're different readers. I want to find something that captures their attention but is challenging and thought-provoking enough to really generate conversation. I don't love to pick book club books that are too long in general, just because I'm like, you know, if you're regularly meeting, sometimes it's hard for people to read like a four or 500 page book in between. Mm-hmm. And then just ones that, you know, when I am reading, I can come up with some meaty questions and bring that to the book club meeting. I totally had a, a one, I guess, one aspect focus for my picks, because what I really like is to be able to ask a book club. And I, I've been in two in real life book clubs and both were very different. And I really like to be able to ask, what would you do? I want, I want a situation or a story that everybody can try to answer that question because everybody's probably going to answer it differently. And I think that leads to really good conversation. So that's what I was looking for in the picks that I am bringing. One of them I do realize is quite long and like, and like you said, so not all book clubs are probably going to want it, but Mm -hmm. the, but the overriding question that it asks and the topic is so perfect that some book clubs may overlook the fact, you know, or maybe you, maybe you go six weeks in between, you know, something to accommodate a longer, Mm -hmm. a longer book. So that leads me into wanting to know what tips do you have for people who want to start a book club because you're also in one. Mm -hmm. So do you have any specific tips? Yeah. And so I think my tip for starting a book club is being consistent with the meetings. So let me explain. I started this book club. I really wanted to. I think it was around my birthday, probably in, I think it was 2020. Yeah, 2020. And I was like, I really want a book club. I was in one many years ago that met in person, small, five or six people. And I was like, I really want a book club. So I emailed all of my friends and one person (laughs) took me up on it. (laughs) But so did my husband, John. So it started out just the three of us and we would meet every month and and truly just get through. It was fun because we would kind of rotate picks and we each picked a book and whatever. And we probably met the three of us maybe three or four times via Zoom. She doesn't live in the state that I live in. But then what happened was somebody, she was talking to somebody, a mutual friend was like, oh, I want to read more. Oh, join our book club. So then we got one more person. And then that person told another person we got one more. So now we consistently have about six or seven 
folks in a book club. Oh, that's a good, yeah, good size. Which is a totally appropriate size. We meet about once a month via Zoom. We are all people that knew or, or do know each other in real life, but it's fun. That was kind of my thing though, is don't give up on it because it can actually be tough to start a book club. I know that sounds strange, but like if you don't know a ton of readers, like it's hard. Not everyone wants mm-hmm. to be a part of a book club. So that's how I started my in real life club. Okay. I, I did kind of the same thing, which was just figure out who in your life or that you know. I mean, it doesn't have to be someone close. Mm-hmm. It could be through work or an acquaintance or kids, other parents of your kids who likes to read and then see and kind of you just have to put out feelers, yeah. whether it's email or, or whatever. Would anybody be interested in this? And that's how I started mine years ago. And it worked out, you know, and it evolves. And like, but yes, I think a monthly expectation, unless the group decides every six weeks or whatever, but somebody has to make that initial who would like to be in a book club invitation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, you never know who's going to say yes and where it'll, what it'll turn into. Right. Why do you like book club? Well, I, I like getting together. And talking about books, Mm -hmm. obviously. Yeah, it's kind of our thing. (laughs) Yeah. I like the chance to dig deeper and Mm -hmm. also be exposed to books that I may not have heard of, which, I mean, is hard because we do read so much. Mm -hmm. But I just like, I mean, I like the whole setting aside one evening, which was what ours was, and planning some snacks and planning Mm -hmm. some drinks and just getting together for the purpose of talking about books. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm similar. I'm similar. And and in our book club, it's, there's a lot of parents, there's a lot of busy schedules. There's some casual readers, some readers that didn't read, but one or two books a year before, and now we're reading one or two a month. And I love that we just take the time to, like you said, come together and talk books. And ours is via Zoom because none of us, well, we don't live in the same place typically. Typically, I don't know why I said typically, but <laughs> we're all over the place, like four or five different states, I think. And yeah, you, but we still get together. You know, we bring a glass of wine if you're doing that, or if you're on Zoom and you're also folding laundry, but you're still taking that time away. Kids are not there. They're, you know, mm-hmm. with the partners or we're in bed already. And it's just fun. And also, I think when I'm reading a book for book club, I read it a little bit differently, not so different or not so dissimilar from how I do for our podcast now. But I am reading it with a, oh, okay, this is a good part. I want to talk about this. Or, you know, what am I hoping that I take away from this? Or what do I think everyone else is going to take away from this? Right. Yeah. So mine, both of mine were in real life. Mm -hmm. So you have a completely different book club that you're making work. Yep. So I love that we each have different book club experiences. And, okay, I'll share how my book clubs picked books. And then I want to hear how yours yeah. did because both of mine were were different. So one of my book clubs, everybody would just bring like one or two books, sometimes more. And we would literally like toss them out and say, here's a little bit about what they are about. And then we would vote. And whichever got the most votes, that was what was picked. The other book club, um, we had genres on note cards. So everything from, you know, every every genre, pretty much. And so each month we would take turns. So let's say it's my month. I would pick a card and someone, actually, I think we had two people. So 
two people would pick a card. So let's say somebody drew mysteries and thrillers and the other person drew nonfiction. We each would have to come up with one choice and then everybody had like two days to vote and whichever book got the most votes, that's what was picked. Okay. So a little bit different. Yeah. But it also ensured that we were picking different genres. Right. And I like that. That's sort of how we do it as well. Actually, it's not how we do it. (laughs) I don't know why I said that, but picking (laughs) the different genres is. I was trying to look back at some of the titles we've picked and we've really gone the gamut. We've done a thriller. We've done historical fiction, literary fiction, fantasy nonfiction, like we've read pretty widely. And I think after a certain point, we started to realize like, hey, it's fun to read pretty widely. Mm -hmm. Um, So we started to make that a little bit of a priority. Because like you said, it does encourage me to read books that I normally wouldn't prioritize. So the way that we pick our books, it's pretty much me and the other founder, if you will. We have like a long list of books that we've thrown out. Like, hey, has anybody heard of this book? What about this book? And most of them, I'm the worst. And they always try and find one I've not read yet. And I'm like, read it, loved it. Yes, read that one. And like, that's not me. I'm not saying like, don't pick one I've already read. But they're like, no, no, we want it to be new for you too. So we've read pretty far and wide from that. Shout out to my book club. I know they listen too. Hey, guys. (laughs) But yeah, that's kind of how we do it. I will say we've fallen into this trap. What I would like from future book club We read a lot of very popular books, very popular Mm. books, like Emily Henry's books, The Magnolia Place. Like, we read very popular books, typically. And so for my choices today, I brought two that I think are a little bit more backlist so that maybe book clubs have not yet read it. Because I think it's easy for book clubs to be like, all right, what's what's popular right now? You know, they just, they don't know what books are out there Mm -hmm. because they're not obsessed like we are. So right. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like though, is, is finding books I think that are a little bit more unknown for, for book club. Right. Okay. So before we get into our picks, do you have a favorite conversation starter that your book club uses? A question that really, that you think works really well to kick book club off? Yeah. So it's funny because you may... Listeners might know this. Renee certainly knows this. I'm not a great question asker. You are the great questioner. I am not. So we kind of always start our book club. And I stole this from the Random House Book Club, how they do their meetings. Uh You just go, all right. And again, we're not in person, so it's a little different. It's like, what did you think? Thumbs up? Thumbs to the middle or thumbs down. Ready? One, two, three, thumbs up or whatever. And then it's fun to see like what everybody thinks. And then you're not like, if you didn't like it, you know, you're not, we're pretty friendly. Like it's not, no one's going to be mm-hmm. like, wow, you didn't like this book. But like it, it, you don't know what the other people think yet. So you're kind of like, huh, what did they think? So that's how we open ours. Okay. We did something similar. I like that. Both of mine did something similar, but it was, did you like it? And if so, why? And if not, why not? Got and it. Everybody mm-hmm. got a chance to say. And then from there, usually the conversation would take off with, with, you know, I hated the title. It could go any, it could go into any sort of fun direction, but even from there, it can, you know, if it stalls, I guess, or if every, you know what, I think the worst startup conversations were the ones when everybody said, I loved it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it was like, Uh you're like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So then you have to kind of dig deeper, which was, and then it's kind of fun to be to to even say, well, 
what what is one thing that could have been better or what stands out to you about this character or this character did this i think if you can get into the nitty gritty about mm-hmm. characters that that helps yeah um, i agree but i guess it just depends on that initial question mm-hmm. as it kicks things off and it gets people ch- uh, chatting i like that you have everyone go around s- it sounds like you have everyone go around mm-hmm. and and share so ours yes. like sometimes okay. i think probably some people talk more than others and share more. So I like having everyone go around and giving everyone equal time, equal Mm airtime to Mm -hmm. to share what they thought about it. But boy, I love book club. Like I I would, it's fun. I really wish I could meet in person with one. Yeah, I'm not currently meeting in person Mm -hmm. and I do miss that aspect of it. So, well, I think, you I'm know, book club. maybe some <laughs> <It's a> two person. <laughs> yes, it's a two person. <laughs> I know. I do think it would be fun to have John's perspective in a book club. So oh, he's great in a book club. He is. Yeah, he's great in a book club because he he's our only male member and he, he picks he has different thoughts, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. which he's a different guy anyway. But yeah, he always <laughs> has something to contribute. That's like, OK, that's interesting. All right. So do you want to get into our Lists. Yeah, let's get into okay. our choices. I will start with my longy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm desperate to <laughs> it, know because you've been about, telling, you've been saying, you've been reading this for a while. It, it it did take me a long time. I mean, but it is the dive from Clausen's Pier by Anne Packer. Have you heard of? <laughs> no. Where, where do you come up with this? <laughs> I would tell it. Uh, well, believe me, I had heard. This book was on my Kindle from years ago. This is initially or originally published in 2002. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, The paperback was 2005. Do not ask me how this popped back into my head. It it was in my Kindle purgatory. And I immediately thought, I remember this book that had this topic. And I think it would be great for book club because this is about The overriding question is, how much do we owe the people we love? And this is about Carrie Bell, who does narrate the entire story. And opening scene, opening scene. And this is one of my my pluses about this book. You do not have any sort of lengthy setup. In the opening scene, these are 23-year-olds, bunch of friends, Carrie and her boyfriend, Mike. They've been together eight years. They all head out to the lake. It's summer. It is, you know, they're planning on Frisbee and they're packing up the coolers. You get all of that initial, you know, like summertime lake setup. But you also find out that there's some tension. There's some conflict between Carrie and Mike. The author does such a great job of setting this story up. They are in love. Like I said, they've been together eight years, but there is definite knowledge on the reader's part that Carrie is just biding her time because she's not sure that she wants to stay with Mike for the long term. Like things are changing. They've graduated college. He's gotten his first job and they're trying to figure out life while at the same time, she still loves him. All of this is going on in a very short amount of time. And They start messing around on the dock, and he says to her, should I jump or should I dive? And she was like, had I said something different, would things have been different? And he dives. And you cut to the very next scene. They're in the hospital. And so 
the story is about the, about the fact, this is not a spoiler because this is in the, the blurb. He's paralyzed from the waist down. He has use of his arms and he has use, he can breathe on his own. But what do you do? Because she is told by the doctors, she's told by his family, she's very close with his family. In order for him, he, in order for him to recover, like he's desperately in love with her. She, and so to recover and to get better and she feels like, do I stay or what do I do with my life now? I mean, how, how do they get married? They were engaged. I don't know. It's what do you do? Yeah. See, this is the overwrite. This is the crux of this book for me. And what I think book clubs could take from it is what do you do? It goes on to tell a very in-depth story of Carrie's life, her family, her friends, her relationship with Mike. And she makes some choices that are so questionable. You can't help but think, oh, I was thinking, well, I really wish I had somebody to talk about this with because I have a problem with this. I have a problem with this. And why did she do this? And, And it alternates between, and it's very Midwestern. It's a Midwestern story. It's set in Wisconsin, in Madison. But you get a bunch of New York City at some point in the novel. Mm -hmm. And I loved that. Here's the thing. This is very character-driven. So if you're picking it for book club, you have to know that you are going to have to sit with a quieter story at times. I lost patience through parts of it. I mean, it's an ebb and flow sort of book. It got really slow and I kept thinking, all right, I've totally understand what type of food you're eating. (laughs) Carrie, Carrie makes clothes. She's, she is, I would guess, an expert sewer. So she's very into fashion, but you know, you can only make so many things where we get the point she likes to sew. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's that sort of thing. But still, I think this would make a great book club book. It is a deep character study of family, young adulthood, first love, friendship, and finding oneself while examining questions that don't have any easy, clear-cut answer. It's a really morally challenging book. Yeah. And I think it would be a perfect book club book. That was The Dive from Clausen's Pier by Anne Packer. I'm glad you brought that. That sounds fascinating. What I love about that, you can literally just give your book club, all right, this is what it's about, one sentence. And then I feel like people would be intrigued. One sentence. You're exactly mm-hmm. right. Your fiance dives. Your fiance, who you're not sure you love anymore, but he's madly in love with you, dives into a lake and is paralyzed. What do you do? Yeah. I mean, if she leaves him, which is this is examined. If she leaves him, it's a small town, and she's so close with his family. There's repercussions if she, if she leaves him. But what if she stays when she's not in love, you know, mm-hmm. she's not in, right. or she's not feeling in love with him? That's tricky. Well, that sounds really tempting. Right. I mean, this might be one that requires a little bit longer length, mm-hmm. not longer length, longer time in between book club. Yeah. Um, so I do acknowledge it's a longer book, but. Yeah. Know your book um, club, though, and pick based topic, around yeah. that. Yeah. Topic-wise. Mine is so different because 
you had like a nice one, two sentence or that you could explain what it's about mine. It's much better if you don't know much about what it's about. So it is a pick by an author I discovered that I love this year. It's called We Are All Completely Beside Ourselves by Karen Joy Fowler. And I'm telling you, I know we say this a lot, but don't read reviews when you before going into this because it gives away some of the big plot points. And this is about the Cook family, mom and dad, and the three siblings, Lowell, Rosemary, and Fern. And the story is told from Rosemary's point of view, and she begins her story in the middle when she's in college. They're from Indiana, very Midwestern, but she goes to California for school. And we find out that she hasn't seen her brother in 10 years, and her sister disappeared when they were when she was five. She doesn't remember the details of why or how things happened, but she says Fern was her twin, her funhouse mirror, her whirlwind other half, and she loved her. So there was a lot of love, and you're kind of like, what happened? But then the story flashes back to the beginning, and we get to see all of what took place. What's so fun about this, it's such a brilliant setup. The way that Karen Joy Fowler tells the story is was like nothing I've read in a very long time. Rosemary is a bit of an unreliable narrator because a lot of what happened happened when she was really young. And she is coming to realize throughout the story how unreliable memory really is. And I love how she's talking to the readers, like she's actually trying to tell a friend her story. The readers get to experience each revelation right beside her. And I really came to care about the characters, but I didn't always agree with them. And some of it, I'm like, wait, no way does this happen. It's one where I had to constantly Google and figure things out, which you know I love. Mm -hmm. And I love the process of trying to understand the relationship between the family members. It's also oddly funny and a little bit quirky, but not over the top. It's a story that will cause you to think much more deeply about what it means to be a family. And it's also about choices and about what might have been had things gone a different way, which I like those thoughts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say this is a feel-good story, but it's a unique story. And it's one that I can't stop thinking about. I read it three, four weeks ago, and I'm still like, oh, yeah, gosh, I'm still thinking about it. Pick this for your book club if your book club likes award-nominated books, because this was shortlisted for the Booker Prize. If your book club likes bittersweet stories complicated family dynamics and or issues books. And so this book was We Are All Completely Beside Ourselves by Karen Joy Fowler. Oh, that's a good one. I am. Um, I've wondered about that. I, know, I was wondering I if you read title. it. I've, I've, mm-hmm. No, I haven't. I just know the title and the cover. Mm-hmm. And I've always wondered about that. And that sounds really good. Oh. I love a bittersweet story. I can't. Uh, I, I kind of want you to read it because I want to know what you think about what happens. But I won't force you. Are you suggesting this for your book club? I wasn't going to. I might, though. That that could be fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you do, I'll read it and pop Okay. On. Oh, yeah. You're always <laughs> invited. Yes, I have been trying oh, to. I was, in the early days, I was trying to get you to join. <laughs> right. I think I was still in my book club then. Yeah. Okay. Well, my next pick is Fun with a capital F. Okay. This is for book clubs looking for fast-paced, but with a tinge suspense thriller thrown in. Okay. This is Girls with Bright Futures by Wendy Katzman and Tracy Dobmeyer. Mm-hmm. Katie, our, our good friend Katie from Basic Bees Guide, mentioned this in one of our Patreon episodes. And I could, I knew it was Katie, but I couldn't remember exactly what she recommended this when we were talking about admissions by um, Julie Boxman. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know I've heard of this and I was trying to place Which why. I had read, but this one... I liked a lot better than admissions. This is about three women, 
three daughters and a promise that they'll each get what they deserve. This is set in Seattle with a private school called Elliott Bay Academy as the backdrop. This is about the fight for college admissions. It takes place in the fall of their senior year. So when college, when early admissions is at the peak and these girls all want to go to Stanford. However, Stanford lets EBA, which is short for Elliott Bay Academy, know that they will only be choosing one other student. And so things get really cutthroat really quick. You have the three moms are Alicia. She is a tech giant. Think, I don't know, Mark Zuckerberg, like super uber, uber wealthy. And she is very calculating, not the nicest person. She is a a character that you will keep reading about because she's so bad. Then you have Kelly, (laughs) who is a Stanford alum, and she is head of the PTA and head of the volunteer stuff. And she is obsessed with Instagram and using all of her behind-the-scenes stalking to bulldoze a path for her daughter. Then you have Marin, and Marin is the outlier. She is a single mom. She does not have money. She does not have health insurance. And she she is the personal assistant of Alicia. So that is this the di- the initial dynamic. As the time nears for early admission applications, there is one of the girls has a near fatal accident appears to not have been an accident at all. So that that is the most basic setup for something that ended up being so page-turning. The authors, they talk about their own book as a satire with suspense, and that is exactly what this was. They took rich people behaving badly to a whole nother level and made it page-turning. The look at haves and the have-nots, the look at the academic pressures are put on kids. And they made them so, they did make it over the top. But I kept thinking, oh my gosh, how much of this is actually true? Because it felt that it felt so true. The author's attention to detail was incredible. Details, so if you like this, and if book clubs like to sink their teeth into details about fancy clothes, cars, houses, the extravagant parties that were thrown were, I mean, it was like reading a gigantic like People Magazine or Us Weekly sort of true story um, because you know that parts of this are true. The audio was absolutely excellent. Mia Barron narrates, and I think this would be great for book clubs, especially if you have a book club filled with parents, because also it asks the question, what would you do? Mm -hmm. Um, All of these parents became so obsessed with making sure that their kids got what they wanted. And so how much of that is appropriate? You know, how much do you let your kids fail? Right. How much do you let other people dictate your life because Marin 
has to grapple with that, being Alicia's assistant. So there's female power dynamics at play. Um, And also Marin has secrets. She's got secrets. So there's a great question about what is she withholding? And that's where they did such a great job of building suspense and at times making this feel like like a light thriller. Uh, I will link to this, but these authors on their website, specifically for book clubs, they have created an event guide. And so they have outlined discussion questions, cocktail recipes, music, and more. So if your book club chooses this book, you could definitely use that as, as kind of a, um, a setup for the whole book club get together. So that was Girls with Bright Futures by Wendy Katzman and Tracy Dobmeyer. I just added it to our book club long list because <laughs> that sounds perfect for my book club. It would be perfect for a book club. I mean, there is a long list of possible topics mm-hmm. to talk about. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for that one. I can't believe that missed me. I work in college admissions. <laughs> like, I don't know how I like missed that whole. Book. I was thinking about yeah. you because, oh, it's so, so, oh, I didn't even mention the humor. It's so funny at times because the guy in charge of like the academic counseling at this private school. <laughs> The emails he would send out to people and the calls he would get from parents were nuts. And I wondered if you've ever had to deal with that. Luckily, yeah. And parents. Not parents. You're in college. I mean, you're, yeah, but still. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, right. College, minor doctoral students. I still have had to talk to some parents. Okay. Yeah. Yours are doctoral. Okay. (laughs) I definitely still had to talk to some parents, which is totally fine. Yeah. I've, I temporarily forgot your doctoral student. So. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, that sounds fun. Okay. Remember, I like issues books for book club. Okay. So bear with me. This book is called After Francesco by Brian Malloy. And Mm -hmm. this book is a great pick for Pride Month in June or really any time of year because it takes place in New York City and Minneapolis in 1988 at the peak of the AIDS crisis. Kevin Doyle is grieving because two years ago, he lost his partner and the love of his life, Francesco, to AIDS. This book opens up as he's dusting off his one good suit jacket for yet another funeral because their close-knit friend group suffered yet another loss. And mind you, even though he is super close to the deceased, he and his friends are sitting in the back of the pew because in the church, the family doesn't want this man's partner to get too close to him because they kind of refuse to believe that they were in a partnership and they were more than just friends. At one point in time, this group had all been young and beautiful and living the best days of their lives literally not that long ago, before New York City began to feel like a war zone. And they're feeling like their whores are somehow invisible to the rest of the U.S. and the rest of the world. They're being ignored, um, even though their community is crumbling. And Kevin is not in a good place. He works a mind-numbing job and spends his evenings drinking in Francesco's old apartment, surrounded by their memories. And Francesco was this artist and, you know, had a lot of joy for life and made everything look easy. And without him, Kevin struggles to keep going. And then one night he stops trying and awakens in a hospital. And his friends are basically like, look, we don't have the resources to help you with this. You have to go home, regroup for a while and come back, you know, and, and figure things out. So when he does go home to Minneapolis, he joins a surviving partner's support group and works through his grief with the help of old friends and his new friends. And things don't go as planned, so he has to make a choice. Do I stay at home and take the easy route and the route that makes the most sense, 
or go back to the place he and Francesco loved and fight for a new life. I thought this book was wonderful, and you can really tell that this author is drawing on from personal experience that he had, um, and he, he mentions this in the afterword, and that he is a part of this age generation. I will say he managed to tell this story in a way that's raw, authentic, but also still hopeful. It wasn't like a little a little life devastating. It was very, oh, yeah. okay. you know, there's elements of friendship and a little bit of humor. And Kevin takes a real character arc because at first you're like, oh my gosh, like this is a struggle, but you really see him figure some things out, which I loved. The author also does this thing, which I really appreciate in fiction, where he is having these characters live their lives, but subtly mentions real life events that were taking place during the same time, which again causes me to Google and figure out like what really mm-hmm. happened, what was going on in this in this situation. Again, there's a lot of grief and a lot of anger in this book, which is understandable, but ultimately it really is hopeful. I would compare this book to The Great Believers by Rebecca Mackay. Very similar in tone. I loved that book. I think they're they're good partners. Um, and there's a lot of themes for your book club to explore in this book. And I bought the physical copy in the back. There are book club questions. So I was like, oh, perfect. You know, if you're kind of wondering what we should ask, just go through the book club questions. Don't read them in advance, though, before reading the book because there's some reveals there. So just a note, I would say pick this book for your book club. If you guys like New York books, found family, issues books, LGBT books, or recent historical fiction. I like this a lot. This was After Francesco by Brian Malloy. Um, I haven't heard of that book ever. Yeah. I don't know how I found it. I have no idea. But it has a gorgeous cover. It's a rainbow with a guy's face on it. Oh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's really good. Yeah. And also, it, you mentioned something about his choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And depend and what I, that makes me think for for a good book club pick, because either way, whatever he chose the Mm -hmm. book club can talk about oh yeah well what if he would have went the other direction Mm -hmm. and so i love when books do that yeah and he was said they were it it talks a lot about partnerships and like being you know this partner and like the world doesn't recognize you as a couple and the caretaking that went on with it within this community it's a lot about found family um really really nice dynamics okay good all right, I think the I think we gave a variety yeah. of of picks. So if anyone ever tries it, tries any of them for book club, let us know. Let us know, and also always feel free to give us your best book club suggestions. Oh, for sure, I'm, that's a list I'm never you know I never have too many of. Uh, me either. I want. I would take all of the. What would you do? <laughs> right. Give it. I, I I want those. Okay. Um, my shelf edition this week is The Confession by Jesse Burton. And I'd never heard of this book until just in our Discord, Genevieve from Genevieve.reads was raving about this in one of our reading channel parties. And it was what she had to say about it that really kicked it off for me. I was like, oh, I need to get this book. So this is initially... Um, set in Hampstead Heath in 1980, and you have Elise, and she meets Constance Holden and quickly falls under her spell. So Constance is a successful writer. She is older, and her novel is being turned into a major Hollywood film. So Elise ends up following Connie to LA, and amidst the 
late night parties, the glamorous people, the swimming pools. Connie thrives in this new world. And it sounds like not so much for Elise. Elise finds herself floundering. Um, And one night, Elise overhears a conversation at a party that changes everything. And she makes an impulsive decision that will change her life forever. The novel then cuts to 30 years later, and a girl named Rose is seeking answers about her mother who disappeared when Rose was a baby. And her yearning for questions leads her to Connie's door because apparently Connie is the last person to have seen her mother. So that's just the initial setup of the book. And Genevieve described this as emotional and intense and said it explores the struggle for identity between motherhood and autonomy. And it kept her up very late reading, which I'm always tempted by. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually picking this up at the library today. So that's The Confession by Jesse Burton. Oh, I love that. I love when a book, you like see it and then you actually read it right away. Like that happens so infrequently for me. Um, But yeah, that one sounds really tempting. Now, All right. What's your shelf edition? My shelf edition is called The Surrogate by Tony Helene. This would also, this sounds like a really good book club book. It is a high stakes debut that explores the true meaning of motherhood. You have Ruth, who is a no-nonsense 40-something journalist from the Midwest, desperate for a child with her new husband, Hal. And their hope rests with Callie, a 19-year-old who wants to go to college but doesn't have the cash. And they make an arrangement, and it seems perfect for everyone. But within a day of the baby's birth, Callie has a change of heart and engineers a harrowing escape from the hospital with the newborn. When Ruth and Hal discover that Callie and their daughter is gone, a whole series of doubts and the secrets are revealed, and the difference between right and wrong is no longer clear. This is set in northern Minnesota in the middle of winter and basically follows the three characters through a maze of thought-provoking questions about the nature of family, love, and relationships. What would you do for your partner? How much is pregnancy worth? And who, if anyone, deserves to be a mother? So I thought this one sounds, gosh, tough, but very Mm thought-provoking. It's called The Surrogate by Tony Helene. That sounds perfect for a book club. If you know, book club was in the mood for Mm -hmm. a motherhood type story Mm -hmm. like that. Or, and you know what? I think that is based on a true story. (gasps) Oh, I love books based on a true story. Okay. Now you're going to send me down a wormhole. (laughs) I know. I know. All right. Well, that's it for today. We thank you for spending a part of your day with us. Links to all the books mentioned can be found in the show notes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, you can help us by following us wherever you listen and by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get our show out to new listeners and grows our audience. And don't forget, if you would like access to exclusive bonus content, you can join us for $5 a month on patreon.com slash booktalk, etc. Feedback and questions about the show can be sent to booktalketc at gmail.com. You can also connect with us both at booktalketc on Instagram, Tina at TBR, etc. And me, Renee, at It's Book Talk. Talk to you next week. In the meantime, remember, everything's better with books. Talk to you next week. In what the hell am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) What? Why would I do that? (laughs) Oh my God, that's so funny. Sorry. (laughs) Carry on.
<laughs> okay, I'll, I'll give John a pause. Talk to you next. <laughs> <laughs> Try again. <laughs>